Hi folks, Timothy Harvey. Before we get started on this episode, we did want to make a note that the Outbreak Challenge, OutbreakChallenge.com, has become a sponsor of Zompocalypse. Now, zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. You use your real-life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. And you can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real life medal. Now this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, outbreakchallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code ZOMBIERUN to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, ZOMBIERUN, which you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the Outbreak Challenge. Try this out for yourself, see if it works for you. And we're working on a race of our own, so hopefully we'll be able to bring our listeners along with us as we explore the Outbreak Challenge. Thanks so much, folks. And now, let's get into our episode. Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. You guys... I loved this episode so much. It even got me a couple of times. Welcome to Wes Craven's The People Under the Walking Dead Stairs. <laughs> I know! I know! It was so good. Well, they were, they were marketing this as, as the horror episode of Walking Dead, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was a rest of comedy. The, well, the rest, it's not been a horror show in years. I know, so. I know. This season has been leaning back into the feeling of horror. We got that with the first couple episodes. Getting back yeah. to the roots. Which is not bad. Hi, folks. Welcome to Zompocalypse Now. We are discussing The Walking Dead and sadly not directed by Wes Craven that would have been pretty amazing but uh would have been amazing certainly uh not too far removed from like we said leaning really into the the horror aspects of the show and reminding us that for all the attempts to uh apply civilization to Cannibals gonna cannibal. Cannibals gonna cannibal. <laughs> and not only are cannibals gonna cannibal, um, but they're not they're not refined and pretty like the fine young no. cannibals were. These are your straight up uh, feral, like like people the people under the stairs. It was legitimately, literally the people under the stairs. They were under the stairs and inside the walls. The only way this episode could have been better is if uh, Lauren Cohen had found the house instead of the others. And if she had just said, 
France. Ah, ah, Timothy, the look on your face tells me you have no idea what I'm talking about. Lauren Cohen, when she left The Walking Dead, did a movie called The Boy. And in oh, the movie The right. Boy, you are led to believe Oh, that, the boy. That the doll, it's a haunted doll movie. The whole time you're like, it's a haunted doll movie. Until the last 15 minutes when when Brahms, who we all thought was a ghost, bursts out of a mirror. He's been living in the walls. And they, they have a whole like serial killer chase down. Because all the ghost stuff we thought was happening was actually Brahms who lived in the walls. So we got, I just, it would have been cute. They wouldn't Except have done it. Except it wouldn't have worked as well because one of the really effective parts of this episode is the fact that the sound, aside from a little bit of music, goes away when Connie is on her own, which is really effective. And it also reminds you just how good Connie is as a survivor because she can't hear and she has made it through the zombie apocalypse this long. So many times. She's made it through so many times. Didn't cannibal once, Connie. How many years does a zombie apocalypse have to go on before it is just considered new times? Yeah, you know, uh, Wicked, the Broadway musical, its name is Wicked, a new musical. And so even though that show's been out for 25 fucking years, it's still Wicked, a new musical. All right. So I guess, like, I mean, I think maybe two generations. Well, like, no, no, six months. No, no, because because in six months you still got people thinking YouTube's coming back. <laughs> like like RJ's generation, Michonne and Rick's son RJ, like when he's 20 years old, it'll just be like, yeah, somebody was out there, they got attacked by a walker. Like, who even does that anymore? <laughs> and you know. I'd say I'd say a zombie apocalypse. The apocalypse part would last two years. I think that's reasonable. Probably not even that long because then it becomes that type of story known as after the fall. Mm -hmm. Probably because pretty much we we saw civilization fall with. I mean, most everything had completely come apart within the first year. I mean, there was no. Yeah. I mean, you had pockets like Alexandria, but. They were rare. Uh, well, and pockets like the fine young cannibals, but they took a different route. As you again, did our I'll cannibal family what, this time? Those 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 fine young cannibals drove me crazy. Ha <laughs> ha! Jokes, Curtis Smith. Yeah. There's a song in there with somewhere the, with the jokes. They're scary zombies. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, Gareth (laughs) always in our hearts well I mean you know we had the people under the stairs but we also had Daryl's friends are under the stairs yes also uh, 
that group that would not have survived six months in the zombie apocalypse is still kicking around. Daryl's like trying to prove that he's he's not gonna not gonna be not one of them. I don't understand what Daryl has to prove. Daryl um, is Daryl is in full on survival mode. Well, but like I said last time, we had to deal with this idiotic storyline that I hate. Uh, these like like Daryl has like been all through all this before. Like he is just biding his time, literally. And we I I full feel full confident of that today after watching this episode. He's just biding his time until he can kill all these people. Like he is just waiting so that he can be like, oh fine, I can. You know, because it starts off. He's going to go at him one at a time, like Legends of the Fall. And then we're going to see his campsite with a bunch of scalps. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He might try and convince Dog Lady to not, not be stupid. Brad Pitt oh, won Lady. World War One all by his lonesome. That's the way Daryl is. He's a sneaky snake. Mm-hmm. But he's good at it. Yep. So, you know. Oh, my gosh. Do we want to talk? Okay, so let's talk about Daryl's thing. He has proven himself to Pope, kind of. And him and Daryl and Dog Lady uh, walk up on uh, an air quotes interrogation of the other guy from the group that was caught with Daryl. Uh, he's being tortured. His fingernails being ripped out, and you know, give us don't give us any information. Give us, give us information. Torture always works, and uh, he's resisting really, really hard. And so Daryl comes in, and Pope's like, "Hey, Daryl, you don't care about these people, right? Why don't you uh, torture this guy a little bit?" And there's a very like tense moment where he's like trying to communicate to the guy like they're communicating to each other like things that are going on but they can't repeat like it's it's i don't even know how to even describe it the guy knows that daryl is doing what he can to make sure that maggie gets out i mean he yeah. know he knows he trusts daryl enough to know that daryl is playing a part here right. but he also knows that it's going to be a part that's going to mean a lot of pain and he's up for it. I mean, he's willing to go along. He knows he, he's a realist, but their eye, you know, they're, they're the words they're saying are like, they're the right words, but the tone is just ever so slightly pitched for the other person. And yeah, the, you know, and Daryl's got his back to the other people in the room. So to some degree he's got, he can use some of his facial expressions, but it's, it's tough trying to, to play the part of the person who's like, I'm going to hurt you really bad. I really don't want to, but I'm gonna. Right. <laughs> he ends up having to cut off a finger and the guy tells him that, that Maggie holds up in a yellow house. So that group, Daryl is again put on the group to go to the yellow house. And uh, they get to the yellow house and before they get there, Daryl like does some, like shakes a pole or something and alerts Maggie to the fact that they're coming. So they're not at the yellow house, they're in fact at the blue house. So they are able to like escape into a little room and then Daryl sees that they're in the little room and he like stands in front of it and you know, then, then 
like the guy discovers that Daryl's standing on the little room and he opens the door, but they've already escaped. And, and this guy just, is no fan of Daryl's. He's no. he's pretty much, you know, I don't see what the big deal is about this guy. He's awful. And he's he's eyeing up Leah. And I don't like that he's eyeing up Leah because I've got my I he just comes across as like the jealous boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, he's right not to trust Daryl. I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's not 100% wrong. Correct. <laughs> he's he's completely right, but <laughs> that's not gonna help. It's not gonna save him. Yeah, it's just, and like I said, this I feel like this is just like, what can we do? We've got we've got twenty six more episodes, so we got to put some stuff in there. So what are we gonna do? Who are we gonna? You know, who do they get to meet? Let's do a paramilitary group and uh, some mutant cannibals. It'll be great. I personally like the mutant cannibals. We're just so good. I I, enjoy, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Um, there was still a lot of talking about feelings. And mm, yeah, I don't like that. But um, <laughs> you go, no, I'm not going to go. That happened again. Yeah. I, I was less concerned about the Yugo thing. That's just sort of built into the to the. That's just part of the trope. It's embedded in this kind of story. I was a little annoyed that we once again had an example of a conversation that people would have had long before this moment. So Virgil is like Michonne helped me find my way, and now I'm like, okay, you would have had this conversation the within the first day of you two connecting with each other. This is a this is a conversation. This is like this is like those dumb scenes where the conversation starts before they get in the car, and then it ends after they get out of the car. Yeah, I mean, there's just like this. This is this is a completely manufactured thing, and it felt really awkward in the middle of this really tense scene to have this like. I just want you to understand how important it is to me that you do the thing because I learned a lesson. Let me tell you the story of the lesson. And it's just like, okay, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Don't care. Everybody's yeah. been through some shit. It's been like 10 years. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your weird moment. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank, buddy. We've all heard it. Tell you a story walking. <laughs> Here's a pink slip. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you forgot to mention that when they when Daryl got to back to the camp, Pope, oh, yeah. was, Pope was all like, got all my answers from him after you guys left. And they show him, show the guy and they were torturing and he's a zombie now. And then he and then he goes, he told us all we need to know. And uh, while looking at Daryl very like, yeah. Yeah, and then, hey, he, hey. And then he walks away with that prick and they're sniggering and looking back. Can I just again, I just want to know why it is that this paramilitary group decided that they like what's the best way to dress during the zombie apocalypse? Like Mogoths. <laughs> like, you know, that that black duster that dog lady was wearing was flabulous, but it was not zombie appropriate. Like, yes, maybe they're dressed more like, like tactically correct or whatever. Like if, you're, if you're trying to be all heroic, we all learned about no capes. 
Also, also, what is the, their deal? Like, why do they even fucking care about about Maggie's group? Like, when are we gonna find out the twist about why this is? Because I just have this feeling that the twist is there's gonna be like some crazy twist where it's like these paramilitary group guys didn't attack Maggie's group. Maggie's group attacked these paramilitary guys. I I just I don't know. I'm just I don't oh, know. Oh, you mean it's gonna be some sort of parallel thing? Like when huh Rick attacked the savior compound. Yeah. Starting a war with Negan. Negan who's out alone with Maggie. Wait a minute. No, that seems that that seems a little too. Oh well, it is the Walking Dead. I was gonna say it I seems a little like... too um, contrived, but it is the Walking Dead. So maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel really strongly that there's gonna be some like you thought we were the bad guys. Maggie's group voted for Trump twice. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie's group did their own research and now they're anti-mass yes uh, we there'll, saw be a, there'll be a title card at the very end that notes that all the survivors of the zombie apocalypse <clears throat> falsified their voting records <laughs> <laughs> now in all fairness we did see the, tra- the trailer for the next episode and Maggie is obviously not anti-mass because no, she's wearing like, a human face yeah. and not the one she came with. <laughs> yeah, she wanders around. Well, they've learned a... they've learned some tactics from the people that they've battled and uh, they'll sure. probably be using those. And uh you know, I can't wait till uh the deaf the deaf guys turn into dogs like the people in the house. <laughs> that I loved this. I loved it. What was that? What is her name? Like it, it's which lady? We have more than the one. Death lady. What's her name? That's Connie. Connie. Uh, so Connie and uh, and Rando, crazy guy that Michonne met that one time. Virgil. Uh, yeah, are running through the forest, and there's something following them, but we can't see what it is, and. Uh, so they get to a crossroads in the forest and uh, Connie wants to run this way, but, but, but Virgil, he wants to run this way because there might be a house this way. Well, uh, whatever makes Connie decide to go where Virgil goes happens. And uh, so they run to the house and surrounded by zombies, but they get inside and they barricade the door and it's like, oh goodness, we made it to the house. You know, and uh, but the Connie won't rest at all because she's uh, suffering from pretty intense PTSD about, about the whole uh, being abandoned in a mine cave in to, to just have to survive with walkers for a considerable amount of time before uh, escaping that situation. Uh, and every time she like is alone or is in a room or looks out a window, she imagines that situation. She's in the never sleep again stage. Yeah. It's okay. We don't need to sleep. Sleeping is overrated. For someone who hadn't slept in days, though, I she seemed very alert. Well, 
And that's what happens after you don't sleep for days. Like, no, no it's no. She's, I think, but yeah, you get that second wind, that kind of manic, like, okay, all right, it's been two days. I am going. Oh, when she when she is does actually calm down and sleep, she's gonna sleep for like a week. Yeah. Her body is just gonna shut well, they, down. They've they've done studies where if uh if people stay awake for like a week, it fucks them up. Oh yeah, if you stay awake for a week for it, that'll mess you up. But I didn't think it her like the situation was like days, like she's maybe she's maybe into day three of not sleeping. That's what I thought. I didn't think it was like, it's been five days that I haven't shut my peepers. What time? Well, mm. and and what what's really happened is that she's probably gotten little tiny cat naps here and there, um, but she hasn't had like real rest uh, because I just, I just wonder about that because if I'm up for twenty four hours and I blink my eyes, sleep takes me. It just says nope. Mm. You You're are being now. chased by the undead, though. True. I mean, as far as I'm aware, I get chased. I get chased sometimes. It's <laughs> it's not like I don't get chased sometimes. <laughs> oh my goodness! So anyway, Connie, rando guy whose name I knew for a second but forgot. Virgil. Uh, Virgil goes and checks the house and doesn't see anything. But uh, just like a typical woman, Connie doesn't trust him. And so she decides she's going to go check the house on her own. And on her check of the house, she notices things like, oh, somebody scratched all the eyes out of the paintings. And, uh, oh, uh, there's like random piles of stuff in rooms. Uh, And, oh, there's an eye inside the medicine cabinet, uh, which uh, really freaks her out. Yeah, that was, I was like, this crazy yellow eyes that, you know, that he must have, he must have had jaundice. Well, I mean, probably a little scurvy. Probably a lot of scurvy. Yeah. I'm surprised everybody doesn't have scurvy. Oh, I mean, most of the, most of them should. Most of them should have had scurvy years ago. There was not a whole lot of, of uh, fruit cultivation happening in the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> especially in the early days. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're not in they're not in Lyme country. Somebody needs to get me my vitamin C. Well, okay. So, so in fairness, they probably grabbed all the vitamin C out of every drugstore they could possibly find. Um, yeah, but yeah, and, and I think to some degree, it, to give Virgil a little bit of credit here, he was looking around for the things you would expect to be looking around for walkers uh, and random survivors. And he was not, he's also listening for things as he's moving through. Connie doesn't, have, Connie's focused on the visual. That's, that's, yeah, what she has going. Uh, and her, that's her focus. So, consequently, She's seeing things. And not to mention, I'm pretty sure Virgil's really damn tired too. Yeah, probably. I'm not, I'm not knocking Virgil. This is, you know, I I just feel like maybe uh uh he could have noticed that the, he could have said something about the paintings with no eyes. 
You guys ever been in a house where in the medicine cabinet, there's a slot in the wall where you put your old razor blades? I have, yes. Uh-huh, yeah. Where, where the fuck do they end up? In the walls. In the walls. Do you just leave shit in the wall? Yeah, back in the 50s, there was like, that was the height of recycling. Like you finish with your razor blade and you stick it down that hole and you just they just like pile up inside the inside that little uh like inside the stud between the, the important studs. part was that it was not out in the world where a small child could get the sharp thing. Huh. I just think that's weird not having never, a Google, proper except receptacle where you can remove debris from your house. Google, there are pictures of people who have renovated houses from like the 40s and 50s and like been redoing the bathroom and popped, like opened up a wall and found just like hundreds of razor blades. Just like in the wall. That would be you know, really creepy. You know, if I was if I was in zombie apocalypse, I would save all my razor blades and then go use my forge to make knives out of them that way i could stab people when they chase me <laughs> well there yes. turns out to be a fair amount of chasing happening inside this house mm-hmm. because there are some people in there and, and they're crazy and connie goes to virgil and says um we're not alone. And of course she can't just say that and she's having trouble writing it. So she carves it into a painting on the wall. <laughs> she's not being subtle here. And he's like, ah, but I didn't find anybody. And she's like, okay, <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> and he's like, all right, all right. And as they're walking through the house, a sliding panel separates the two of them. And suddenly the house is not just a place where there are people in the walls. The house is a trap. Yeah. I love that. When that happened and they realized, and when they got back together and were like, they, they lured us, they led us here. Like that is just crazy that, and so it turns out, okay. So these people who air quote live in this house are like completely devolved cannibal crazy people and the if you've ever seen the early 90s classic the people under the stairs that's what they look like they crawl around on all fours their hair's all scraggly and in their face they are not walkers but they might as well be i was like why is why is ringu coming to (laughs) coming to attack these people did well, they watch that fucking video? <laughs> no, they would they'd have been dead in seven days if they'd watched the video. Everybody knows that, Curtis. Jeez. <laughs> Maybe a week ago they stopped in somebody's What's this? Popped it in their magically running VHS so, player. I have to tell you. <laughs> I this 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 episode of this show got me like jump scared me like three good times that eyeball was a good one and then there's a point where connie is walking down a hallway and as like it's a extreme dutch angle up at her and uh as she like turns down one hallway you just see the back of something crawl past the bottom of the screen and i got me i was like ah oh good 
And then I think uh, like when that uh, when that thing crawled out, when the guy crawled out from underneath the desk in mm. the room where Virgil was, I was like, oh no, it was like it was good. It was good. Like somebody remembered this was a horror show kind of moment. Well, and now the- now watching this, Tim. Here's my question for you: Watching this, uh, Tim and I did a film some years ago called Property. Mm-hmm. Mm where I was the person under the stairs. It was a lot of fun, had a great time. And I watched that recently. And I don't know how recently you've watched it, Tim, uh, but uh, knowing how that film turned out and then seeing this, what do you think were the elements that worked? Well, I th- the, oh gosh, so there are a number of things I think that really worked well for me as, as a horror viewer and stuff that I thought about a, a little bit as a director is they played fair with our heroes being both vulnerable Mm -hmm. and yet effective as survivors. There was no, they, they didn't, they showed us enough of the house to make us realize just how bad this place was, but they also didn't like lean into like death traps and weird crap. I mean, we got, we got, we got a sliding door. That was the biggest, like, you know, trap door kind of thing, right? And their places was sliding doors and like all kinds of houses. Yeah, sliding, sliding door doors. separates my kitchen from the laundry room. Right. Can't recall ever using it. But uh, but now, if I want to trap someone, that's well, if you want I'm to trap doing. and eat someone, it, you, you can see the effectiveness. Um, not th- not that we recommend that, folks. Kids at home cannibalism Fuck that Say if no you've got permission go ahead and do it eat a person <laughs> got permission <laughs> yeah that guy that one guy got his foot amputated and made tacos out of it and fed it to his friends i would do that I would totally do that if he Ugh. uses cumin oh no well it no. is just it is here's just me here's the problem here's the problem what if you like it what if you go to your friend's foot eating party and you're just like this is fantastic. Like you, you never get to forget that. You well, I know, never but... get to forget that you ate human flesh and you were into it and you wanted another taco. Right. Well, I've had the sausage rolls at Quick Trip. We used to have them every morning. The nearest Quick Trip is 350 miles from here, close to that, or at least 150 anyway. Just shut up, Smith. Okay. The thing is, I love those things, and I probably love a foot taco, but I'm not going to make the trip. It's not that important. <laughs> I'm sure Quick Trip really appreciates having their sausage products lumped together with foot tacos. <laughs> well, I don't care how they feel about it. This is my opinion. <laughs> There's a Quick Trip. They're starting to like pop up around my area. And the other day we were like driving in New Braunfels, me and the kids. Uh, and New Braunfels is like maybe 30 miles away from where we live. And there's a quick trip. And they all were like, oh my gosh, such a quick trip. We have to go in. And we went in and we had such a good time. Like we all got crappy quick trip food. And and uh, it was so much fun. And I <laughs> was like, we got to come back here. This was great. Like we had gone somewhere important. It was... <laughs> so funny and but like it's like great it was like a great moment to be like oh boy it's quick trip let's go (laughs) 
like a little piece of home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, eventually, well, eventually, one of them, well, the the uh, dog man in the house starts chasing around uh, Connie, and uh, she's doing the smart thing that deaf people do, and she's running her hands along the walls and and going slow and feeling for movement and vibration and stuff. And she feels it. She feels it coming. She starts running, gets away from the dude by hiding in the basement. And so dog man goes and he starts hunting after Virgil and uh, Virgil gets on the other side of the door. He's trying to hold shut. And uh, Connie's looking because she's behind the wall and she's looking through a peephole and going, hey, only she's not saying, hey, because she's deaf and mute, apparently. Otherwise, we'd, we'd have to be like, we're doing this together. <laughs> uh, I know that's horrible, but I hope you leave it in anyway. Um, deaf, deaf people have no reference of speech, so they do the best they can. And that's what it sounds like. I'm not trying to be funny. Uh, yes, I am. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's very she's trying to get his attention and he thinks that she's one of one of those guys trying to scratch the walls and stuff. So as he's creeping over with his knife to to investigate, uh dog guy crawls out from behind a shifterobe or something. Oh, and it was so good because they they got actors who could do that like their limbs are almost independently moving from each they, other. There's there was such athleticism in those performances. I got to give it up to them, man. I yeah. mean, it really was effective. And it crawling around on all fours where one of your legs is in front of your arms always looks is always good. I like, guarantee that's always a good time. I well, guarantee those guys were mountain climbers well, or cliff face climber guys. It's really hard to run on your hands and feet at the same time these guys moved fast and the the physicality involved yeah no these these this was super effective it looked and it was all i mean it's this is practical this is practical work this is physical contortion this is this is moving in a way that is genuinely creepy and we have the Connie eye view so she can see through a little bit of hole in the wall and see Virgil like coming toward her and this creepy cannibal guy just like rising up behind him and she can't do a thing about it. (laughs) And she can't alert him that it's her. And he's, you know, he's thinking he's sneaking up on the threat or coming towards the threat and the threat's behind. It was good. It was good. And so uh, he attacks, the, the cannibal guy attacks Virgil, uh, but he's able to fight him off, stab him. And then he's going and he's going to stab the wall where Connie is, but she's able to break through enough to like show her hands and he recognizes her bracelet and doesn't, you know, stab her until she dies, which is nice. Generally speaking, yes. Yeah. But they're not safe just because, just because, uh, he got he stabbed the one guy. Turns out there's more than one. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's a passel. And a Connie, pack. Connie has found a room full of many, 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 many skeletons. These guys have been doing this for a while. And Curtis, 
<laughs> well, I guess he figured out that Soylent Green is people. Uh, <laughs> no, the, now the quote was, hey, it looks like they've been eating Soylent Green for a while. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but so, so as they are trying to, they, they're like, got to make one, got to get out of here, got to get out of here. And this is when Virgil does the whole, I will sacrifice myself. You have to promise to go on. Michonne did it for me, and now I'm going to do it for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, our, our, and our, our evil guys give them just enough time to have this conversation. Yeah. And, and Connie is like, no, no, we're going to get out of here together. Wait, uh, is Michonne dead? No. Okay. Michonne is on a quest. Okay. She's wandering the world like Kane from Kung Fu. Whatever. She's looking for Rick. Yes, Virgil. Some for some reason, Virgil, like somehow, Virgil knew that Rick was alive. He 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 told her. So, quick catch up here. So, Virgil is the guy who told Michonne that there was weapons out on this island. Yes, and in the course of, and there weren't. By the way, he was just he was just trying to get back to his family. I guess. Um, or something like that. Anyway, no, no, it was, he, yeah, he had locked a bunch of people in in right. the the research facility. Right. He didn't want to go back to save them. He wanted. He was. I remember why he was trying to. He, he was it, it, basically he lied to Michonne to get her out there, and then she finds out about it. And in the course of her adventure that Virgil was around for, she finds evidence that Rick is alive. And so yes. she's like, I have to go find Rick. And she told Virgil, um, quit being a jerk. And stop killing your friends. And Virgil's took it to heart. And uh, now he's trying to be a better person and save Connie. So, yes. So that's why we're here, why we're in the place where we are. All but, for right. the, but for most people who have completely forgotten that Virgil existed, because Virgil was in last on the show like three years ago. This is why we get this is why we get the speech. Is to remind you who the hell this guy is and why you should care. Oh. Uh, and you know what? Weirdly, I did care about them. Well, Virgil is a perfectly cool it, you know, at this point, he's an interesting character. He's with Connie. He's Connie's pal. He's helping keep Connie alive, and she's keeping him alive. We're That's making a lot of assumptions of about Virgil's survival. <laughs> well, I didn't say he's going to survive past this episode. Yeah. We've seen he's countless a, he's shows. A, he's countless a black plays. man on The Walking Dead. Yeah. I've, seen so, I've seen so many shows and plays and whatever where I just didn't give a shit about anyone, anyone there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get that you're trying to tell a story about these people, but... I don't care about them. I, and they missed that. They missed that opportunity to make me care. Like for instance, um, uh, Oh, what was that movie with the giant monster that attacks New York? That wasn't Godzilla. King Kong. No. Cloverfield. Cloverfield. I was, I kept wanting to say COVID field, but it was (laughs) coming next year from Warner brothers. Um, but Cloverfield was one of those where all of those characters who were running around trying to survive didn't care. They're all vacuous, <laughs> vacuous idiots, selfish assholes, and I didn't care. Their characters were not redeemable. 
didn't care who died really i would have enjoyed the shit out of that movie if i you know if little frodo baggins was trying to you know just try, just trying to get the ring out of new york but it's another example of, of one of the flaws with found footage in that there is no sane human being i don't care how much you love film hanu would have dropped the camera and run like hell. Right, exactly. That's that's my big problem with it. It's like, unless you can give me a real reason why this dude has decided he's going to film all this bullshit, they would have put the camera down, you know. Before I mean, now happened. you've got glasses that have cameras built into them, and you've got, all, you've got GoPros for crying out loud. Okay, I could sit there and I could sit there and buy it if someone had like a GoPro rig and it never shut off. Of course, you only get like two and a half, four hours out of those things. So you know, you wouldn't allow there's somebody running around changing one of those. What is it? A the Bentley camera every five, <laughs> every five or ten minutes. You got yeah. You got I don't know hours. how we're gonna watch this stuff, but I got it all. <laughs> five, five minutes of, of <laughs> no one's gonna process it. At the end of the world, you're never getting your film processed. <laughs> In Kansas City, they used to do a uh, kind of a film festival type thing called the Bentleys. I think there was a competition, but the judges were never qualified. So I didn't really consider that. Um, but that you would take uh, one of these little, it takes eight millimeter film and it's a tiny little camera and it looks at all the footage always looked like shit. And you just point and shoot your movie with no sound you point and shoot in order because there's no editing. And then we would show it at the end of the night. And I guess we don't do that anymore because nobody processes the film. Right. So what would happen is you'd shoot, we, you'd all have the same like window of time to shoot your film. It was usually on a single day. And then you would turn your footage in by the deadline and the footage would get shipped off. This, this raw film would get shipped off to a, uh, uh, Kodak. Well, and the thing Lumpus. is, is by the, by the time we stopped doing it, because I when I joined the Kansas City film community, I had, there was like two years of the Bentley. So the Bentleys were it was 2005, 2006, I think 2006, I think was the last year. And there was like one place left in the US that would process the film. And of course, it got more expensive as it went along. And it's a real shame because the Bentleys were a blast because you had to pl plan out your movie because you, you like like Kurt, you said, Curtis, you could only shoot it in sequence. If you wanted any effects, you had to do them in camera. <laughs> and people would come up with they do double exposure stuff. That I was, think I think double, that was it wasn't double most... exposure, but it was you would. Is that uh, when Brian Boyd made his The Bride movie? Was that a Bentley? I don't remember. No, The Bride wasn't a Bentley. Yeah, I mean it's it was a I... lot of fun. It was hard. It was really hard to do. It and was one of the most challenging and rewarding aspects of, of, of being involved with that group. Um, you know, but you could have put out a fucking masterpiece and I wouldn't be able to tell you where to find it. Well, you would get this, you would get these films back and then we'd screen them all on the same night. So it was the first time you saw your finished film. Mm -hmm. You had no idea what it looked like. And sometimes it was like overexposed or underexposed or just black 
And no, well, there and, was no adjustments on the camera. Yeah, it was a little just, box. That's all it was. But then the thing is, is that you would sit there and go, "Okay, I, I know I shot for five minutes. This is the film I'm, I made in my head. I've brought music to go with my movie. Oh yeah, press play. Yeah, or they do that, point. and and people will bring in like, I think I want to say David Barry did like a, a live music thing one time to one that he did. I mean, there was you people would bring in live musicians to play along. It was just crazy, but it was yeah, it was super complicated. I wish there was a way to do that with digital, but there really isn't. Well, you could you could set your parameters and say, okay, everybody. Right, but I mean, it's not it's not the same as basically because I mean, you can you can play back your footage on your camera. You yeah. can look at the clip you just shot, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't do that with a Bentley. Well, the thing is, that group, uh, the the Independent Film Commission, apparently found a case full of these cameras or something. They just had a shit ton of them. We and, sold uh, off. We sold off the the Bentley cameras. 2008 2009 something like that somebody bought them from us so mm. but it's a shame because it's yeah it was really fun it was really fun so so but we digress so connie connie uh leland gets stabbed by a crazy cannibal lady virgil, uh, with a, virgil. After, she, after she tells him we leave together. We leave together. <laughs> We're getting out of here together. He immediately, he immediately gets stabbed by a cannibal lady with a table leg. Yeah. Like, you know, like the set, like it is like the I have two weeks till retirement moment. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, because you know, Connie's important. Virgil's basically just a day player, as we all know it. But they end up uh connie ends up getting them out to the front door uh where there's a walker that she had killed earlier and uh and she covers herself with the goop i love that they're covering themselves with the goop again yeah and uh and opens the door just as all the cannibals get there and the walkers that are waiting outside burst in and attack the cannibals and that gives connie and leland a chance to get away virgil whatever but they don't make it far because they immediately fall onto the lawn oh they've yeah had a hard day <laughs> they've had a hard day they're a little worn and, and and stressed um there was a nice moment that was kind of interesting you actually see one of the cannibals try and save another one because it gets up on the balcony, one of the one of the cannibals is attacked on the ground floor. The other one is run up. One of the other ones is run up the stairs, and as the other one's being attacked, the one on the stairs leaps down and tries to save. I'm not going to use the word friend, but tries to save them. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's his pack mate. Yeah, they're 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 pack, which is wait, what would what good, would what would be the official word for a group? Of human cannibal with dog-like tendencies. Would you call that a a bark? There's a I don't don't go in there. There's a whole bark of fucking cannibals in there. I'm gonna go with that. That sounds all right to me. Usually, my third idea is better, but I like. That. Yeah, you didn't. You're you're not very committed to this bit, so. 
Well, nobody's playing along, so yeah, I, I, uh, I couldn't think of anything funny. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm, I'm willing to fail at jokes. <laughs> for, for, for you i'm the jesus of of joke jokesters um, you're the yeah. for you. a so tri- a they tribe, are a tribe of cannibals a herd of cannibals okay um people who eat meat ah ooh. in this show they'd probably Somebody call them fucking meters <laughs> So, uh, Connie and, and uh, Virgil, I almost called him Leland again. Oh, my God. He said it right, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, you were here. You heard Dustin say a name. <laughs> uh, they, like, collapse immediately on the lawn. And, of course, so here come walkers and cannibals out of the house, Adam. But luckily, something in, in her little hearty heart has told Connie's sister, Little Pound Cake, that they need to go this way instead and uh all of the people who are looking for her find her and they save them just in time and there's a happy reunion with a slingshot and then uh what's it oh, uh connie's girlfriend daughter who is sister that? little sister little sister they find her and she's all like i'm i've been looking for you i'm sorry and yeah. all is forgiven. And that's pretty much it for those guys. That's it for everybody. Nobody yeah. else did anything. Not really, no. Maggie, Maggie and her group sat quietly. Which, under the circumstances, was the correct thing to do. Yeah. It was good for them to be to be quiet under the and under those particular set of circumstances. Seeing the alternative was, you know, the death. I do. I really super hope that it turns out that like, yeah, Pope's crazy, but he's just defending himself from Maggie's, you know, crazy attacker people. I can't wait for the comedy episode. Do you remember when shows used to do like, like Xena Warrior Princess used to like have some intense action show like it was you know action like episodes and then like some of them were a little scary but then every once in a while they would just do like a screwball comedy episode could where it was just like you know they're running around in like a haunted house or you know (laughs) well farscape did that a lot they had that one that was basically a um a Looney Tunes cartoon where John is trapped in this Looney Tunes universe. And they had one that was a little bit Alice in Wonderland. To um, look, at, look at the princess. Um, yeah, Farscape. The best thing about Farscape was that the cast and the crew played so much together that by the third season, third season or fourth season, the stars were directing the episodes and just, you know, having just a blast and people, mm-hmm. people would sit there at the time and go, this is crazy. Why would you do that? And that those episodes became like huge fan favorites because they're just bonkers yeah. and so much fun. Yes. Yes. And the X-Files did it too. They had their film noir episode. They had their uh, Frankenstein episode. 
There was a bunch. They even had different writers come in, like Robert Block and and Stephen King to write episodes and stuff. You know, yeah, better than the very special episodes. (laughs) (laughs) And on this special episode of Blossom, Blossom (laughs) learns a lesson. Mm. You know, Blossom Blossom hosts a game show. Blossom says potentially offensive things. People somehow forget that she said the potentially offensive things. Oh, she was just fucking with somebody. Leave her alone. <laughs> Leave Blossom alone. You know, they keep this up, they're going to cancel Blossom. <laughs> yeah, that show's not on the air. <laughs> that show's well, been I'm off just... the air for so long. You have Good kids who don't even know what that show is. No. <laughs> they're like, you mean the, the lady from that show, Nana Pops Watch? They don't even they wouldn't even know her as anything other than like peripherally from the Big Bang Theory, sort of. I right. met I met a woman when I was in I guess she'd been a girl in, in high school, uh at some conference, the leadership conference, because I was student council president that I didn't pay any attention to. Um, but there was a, a girl there who was very unique and very very individual, and she wore I couldn't tell if she wanted her style to look like Blossom or uh, a uh, one of those prostitutes in the Cinderella video from 1986. Just polka dots everywhere. Great big hat. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to make out with me, but I wasn't comfortable with it. It was the hat, wasn't it? It was the hat. I was like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to date a woman long distance who wears that kind of hat. We all had our uh, our giant straw hat with a big Gerber daisy on it moment. Yeah. Yours was saying no, no thank you to that lady. And mine was looking at it going, I wish I could wear a big floppy hat with a Gerber daisy on it. <laughs> all i wanted all all that era dustin wanted was a giant floppy hat that he could wear whenever he wanted like just huge like you know like like giant floppy hat part of it was like it's very wizard like and also part of me wanted to be Annette O'Toole sitting in a giant floppy hat out in like a field of flowers or something. Oh, sure, Annette O'Toole. Oh, mm-hmm. lovely lady. And even think, in a big hat. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where that uh, that's the image I have. And that's from Mars Attacks for some reason. We'll have to see if they can keep up the horror in The Walking Dead. That would be fantastic if they could. It's nice to see scary stuff on a show that is not often very scary so uh, hopefully we'll get some more of that if you were frightened by tonight's episode let us know we'd love to hear from you guys you can find us on facebook and twitter podcast.com itunes other podcast locations leave us a comment leave us a rating these are always good things to have and yes it's all about algorithms folks so help us out if you would be so kind we'll do this again and see what happens next. Of course, we're going to get more confrontations between Maggie and Negan, and I'm sure there'll be some speeches of some kind. I hope there's a slap fight between Connie and Dogland. You have to have a slap fight over Daryl. He's mine. No, he's 
man, except sign language. And then they slap each other. And then dog has to stand there in the middle and be like, oh, who, who do I love the most? He's not Daryl. Daryl doesn't matter. Because Daryl's asexual. And he's just standing there like, we want to be friends with both you ladies. Uh, it's, and the dog has to make the decision. <laughs> I'm sure that's what's going to happen. Probably not, but we'll see. All right. Well, thank you, folks. We appreciate you listening. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. And tonight's tonight's subtitles were brought to you by Quick Trip. <laughs> <laughs> Quick Trip and their line of foot tacos. I'm going back to Kansas City this this weekend to do a show, and I'm having me another sausage roll. There you go. As well you should. And a foot talk. I'll be in Kansas City at the end of the month. All right. Good night. Good night. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.